Radio Illuminae, raising vibrations to help heal nations. Hi, and welcome to episode two of Sentience All That Matters, the show where we discuss all things vegan. If this is your first time here, may I recommend that you listen to episode one, which is our backstory, which will give you the full information on who I am and where we're going on this journey together. So as promised last week, this week's subject matter will be the dairy industry and we will be deep diving exactly what happens in that industry for you to get your dairy products. Before we jump into that, what have Sentience been up to this week? Well, we joined We The Free, the largest UK animal rights group for their street outreach, their their diamond uh, in Brighton. And uh, we had some amazing conversations with the general public some very open-minded people came up and had conversations with us and uh, including one ex-butcher who was now vegetarian ah but he's not vegan i hear you say well after the conversation that we had for over 20 minutes he may well be because he was vegetarian for ethical reasons and had uh, quite a lot of remorse for his career as a butcher and uh, wasn't actually aware of what happened in the dairy industry so he's been given some information to take away and uh, hopefully he will be vegan very soon and this does tend to be the typical story with vegetarians is that a lot of vegetarians are vegetarian for ethical reasons and just simply have missed the research into what actually happens in the dairy industry so they think that they are doing the best for the animals by going uh, vegetarian and actually they are quite shocked normally when they discover what happens in the dairy industry and actually that it's combined worse the worst industry uh, rather than the meat industry being the worst dairy industry because it contributes to both sectors is uh, by far the worst industry that you can be uh, paying into and actually from an activism point of view vegetarians are our target market they are so so close to the line of being vegan anyway that uh, what we really need to do is just to get educate and get that information into them and get them to understand that they are actually contributing to the worst industry possible Um, and it's normally quite a simple path to get them to a full ethical vegan lifestyle from there so if you live in the brighton area and you are interested in uh, attending or visiting a we the free diamond they normally hold those on the third saturday of the month in new road in brighton opposite the theater pop along have a conversation and get some information if you're currently an activist and you want to get involved with we the free then you just need to message them and uh, put in an application to join. Simply go online and go to www.3movies.wtf and that will take you to their site. And on there you will find a plethora of information and guidance to help you. You'll find Dominion, the movie, Game Changers, What the Health, Seaspiracy, There's also a link there to Challenge 22 to help you transition to uh, veganism and a whole food plant-based diet. There's also uh, the video of the amazing talk, uh, speech rather, given by Philip Woolen. Um, What a motivational guy that is. 
just a, a multi-millionaire uh, who has dedicated his life to uh, animal rights and advocating for animal rights uh, globally um, and just an inspiration to every activist out there. So let's take a little break and we'll be right back after this.
Welcome back. So I think it's time we got into the main content of this week's show, that being the wonderful dairy industry. Okay, so as always, we're going to start at the beginning. Human beings are the only animal on earth to consume the milk of another animal. So after the Second World War, the dairy industry had been bolstered by producing milk to be turned into powdered milk to send out for the soldiers for sustenance. So once the war ended, there was no use for all this extra milk that was being produced. So what were all the dairy farms to do with these thousands of gallons of milk they were producing on a daily basis and nobody to consume it? Well, in steps the milk board. So the milk board decided to produce a marketing campaign that milk was essential for strong bones and good health. Backed by the government, the population took this on board hook, line and sinker. And there we have our the start of our national dairy industry. If you're an old geezer like me, you will remember going to school and being given a small bottle of milk every single lunchtime. Because yes, they even managed to pass legislation to force them to serve milk to children in school to give them strong bones from the calcium. What a perfect example of brainwashing on a national level that has carried over decades right up to today. The governmental and the corporate connections within the dairy industry carry on to this day and the billions of pounds generated by the dairy industry is one of the main reasons why we have such a fight on our hands to kill this horrific industry. So now we've touched base on where the tradition of drinking milk came from. Let's move on to how milk is produced and talk you through the life of a dairy cow. So I'm more than happy to admit that uh, I made it to the age of 50, believing that cows just eat grass and produce milk. Um, never thought about it, never thought about whether a cow had to be pregnant or not to produce milk. I just assumed that cows ate grass, got milked, and that's where milk came from. And the reason I'm happy to admit this is that this is a classic example of how either misconceptions or lack of information can lead to the public or the general public being completely unaware of what is actually happening in the animal agriculture industry and again shows the absolute need and value of street outreach in bringing that vital information into the public domain. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. How do we get the bottle of milk or the carton of milk that ends up on our breakfast table to put on our cereal or in our coffees? Okay, so farmer will take a dairy cow. A dairy cow is then placed into something called a rape rack and I'm not exaggerating there, this piece of machinery is called a rape rack. The cow is led into this rack, this metal structure that holds the cow in place by the neck. The farmer then inserts one arm up to the shoulder into the cow's anus. The other arm is then inserted into the cow's vagina to inseminate the cow. Once the cow gives birth, one of two things will happen. If that calf is a male calf or a bobby calf, currently to date around 60,000 of those are shot in the head on day one on the farm, 
it's still legal to do that in 2023 although i believe the legislation is changing and by the end of this year that will become illegal another 65,000 a year are slaughtered at around three months old for veal so for the select uh, wonderful percentage of the population that, that like to eat baby steak so that's where your veal comes from around another million calves a year are sold to calf traders uh, into the beef industry where they will be fattened up for up to 12 months and then slaughtered for beef when we come back we'll discuss what happens to the lucky female calves in the dairy industry Dominion. 
Welcome back. So now we know if you're a, born as a male calf in the dairy industry, your life expectancy is from a couple of days up to a maximum of 12 months. Excellent. So, if you're born a female calf, what does your life look like? So if you're born a female calf, you'll be segregated from your mother within two days and placed in two calfing hutches. Now what do they do with calfing hutches? Well calfing hutches is basically where they will keep the female calves until their maturity level where they can be impregnated just like their mothers. So once the calves reach that age, the cycle carries on. They impregnate the calf, the calf gives birth, starts producing milk and the calf will join the milking parlour with the rest of the victims. In the milking parlour, a cow can expect to be milked for five to six hours a day, producing 30 to 40 litres of milk per day. Now, seeing as it's difficult to visualise 30 to 40 litres of milk, let's just say that's roughly a bathtub full of milk a day. For each dairy cow, this cycle will last between five and six years. And when the milk production from any given cow falls below the quota the farmer needs to make the profit, that cow is then sent to slaughter. So from a life expectancy of 20 or more years, a dairy cow can be killed within a quarter of its expected lifespan. Now, as horrendous as what I've told you so far sounds, Unfortunately, the horror show doesn't stop there. So, because you want to get as much milk as possible out of each cow, farmers selectively breed cows to have huge udders. Now, the consequences of this are that the skeletal structure of the cow properly support the weight of a full udder. So, certain measures have to be put into place to allow the cows to be able to move around with this massive weight hanging between their their hind legs so the farmers will quite often shackle the cows hind legs together to stop them doing the splits because if the if the cow does the splits it's extremely hard to get them to stand back up and if that cow doesn't stand back up very quickly the farmer has a major problem on his hands Secondary to this, whilst in the milking parlour, if a cow falls over, again they need to get that cow standing up extremely quickly. Now the method that they use to get the cow to stand up to continue to be milked is to kick the cow in the back continually until the cow stands up. Now as incredible as all this sounds, and I'm sure at this point you're doubting some of the things that I'm telling you, there's more than enough information online to prove that this is actual standard practice. Viva, for example, have done many exposés on dairy farms and there is a large amount of uh, secret camera footage already online on YouTube showing this to be standard practice in UK farms. In fact, as we speak now, Sentience is preparing for a street outreach at the end of January to promote the latest expose by Viva on the milk supplies for Costa coffee stores. So once the cow is no longer viable to the dairy industry, the final sad, horrific kick in the teeth to the poor sentient being is the way that the animal is dispatched. 
So the cow will be transported to a slaughterhouse where a captive bolt gun is used to attempt to stun the poor cow before having its throat slit. Now the issue with this method is that unfortunately in the trials by the manufacturer of the very gun that's used 38% of the time the stunning is completely ineffective meaning that the poor sentient animal is dragged fully conscious onto the kill floor. So let's go into a bit more detail so you can understand why this doesn't work, why this is ineffective and why this is so inhumane. So a captive bolt gun is an air pressure fed gun that shoots a metal rod that is approximately 16 centimeters in length out of the end of the gun. This rod will come out at 400 pounds of pressure allowing it to pierce the skull of the cow. Now the way that the operator is supposed to use the gun is to create a crosshair from ear to eye both left and right. This is the point where when the bolt gun enters it will render the cow unconscious. However the throughput rate that they have in a slaughterhouse means that the operator doesn't have the time to accurately measure this distance and will guesstimate where they need to aim the bolt gun. Multiple occasions it takes two or three shots to actually render the animal stunned. Once again, plenty of footage, secret footage online showing slaughterhouse workers attempting multiple times to stun the cow ineffectively. Now globally, the largest manufacturer of these stun guns is called Jarvis and Jarvis's website actually has a uh, PDF showing the trials they did on 850,000 cows to establish the efficacy of this gun. And as I said before, their own report shows that 38% of the time it is completely ineffective and a further 15% of the time is only partially effective. And the way that they actually assess the effectiveness of the stunning is the action of the uh, limbs of the cow once the bolt has been shot. So when you see slaughterhouse footage and the gun has been used and the animal is dragged through to the kill floor with the limbs still moving, that shows that the gun shot has been completely ineffective because if the stunning is effective, all four limbs will be locked out and the animal will be, will be unable to move under its own steam. So obviously, as you can imagine, trying to do this to a large cow um, in any circumstance is going to be difficult. So how do they make this easier for themselves and how do they uh, uh, protect themselves from um, a cow that is trying to escape? Well, they have a uh, wonderful device called a knock box. And what this is basically is a large steel rectangular box that they push the cow into or force the cow into because they never want to go in there because they know what's going to happen. So they force the cow into the knock box where it can't move, it can't turn around. All it can do really is move a few inches from one side to the other. It's also worth mentioning that the knock box and the stun gun are not there to create a more humane way of dispatching the cow. Both of those products were invented solely for the purpose of protecting the slaughterhouse worker because they suffer from broken ribs, broken limbs, from the cows kicking out trying to escape being shot in the head. So they had to produce a way to protect the workers for health and safety. 
So these two tools have been entirely created to help the worker stay safe and have absolutely nothing to do with a more humane way of killing a cow. To clarify, there is no humane way to kill somebody that doesn't want to die. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this.
Welcome back. Hopefully you're still with us. I'm ready to finish the horrendous life story of a dairy cow. So being that cows are sentient beings and are aware of their surroundings and uh, the other cows around them and people and what's happening, it's also worth mentioning that the holding pens leading to the knock boxes are held in the same area. So the cows actually in the holding pens can hear and see what's going on to the cows in the knock box. They can also see the cows being dragged across to the kill floor, hung up by a chain and having their throat slit. They can obviously smell the blood and feces and everything else environmentally that's going on in that room. So imagine if this was you and you were standing in a room with 50 other human beings and all of a sudden somebody started shooting people in the head and slitting their throats. Do you think you would be blissfully unaware of what's going on? Or do you think that the panic would start setting in and you'd start wondering, are you next? So right up to the last second of their lives, they are put through a torturous, horrible situation that ends in the most gruesome way it possibly could. In the first episode, we spoke about necessity. And after hearing what we've just discussed, this is where we ask you to look deep inside yourself and say, do I see the necessity to put these sentient beings through this kind of horror show so I can have a milkshake or some cheese? So once the cows have been hung up and their throats have been slit, They're left to bleed out, which takes four to seven minutes. Their large bodies are then cut in half with an industrial chainsaw, and then they set about cutting them into thousands of pieces for the various cuts that you will see in the supermarket. As dairy cows are, at an average age of five to six years old at the point of slaughter, they are considered cheap meat because the muscle fibers will be so tight that they will not be the select cuts that uh, people want for steaks. So they will notoriously go into the cheaper meat products. Any parts of the animal not deemed fit for human consumption will be blended into a paste and sold to pet food companies. Bones will be ground down to be turned into gelatin to make sweets for your children. So as you can see, we are a long, long way from the innocent, uh, picturesque dairy cow chewing on grass in the field, happily walking into a milking parlor to be milked and then popping back out onto the field for a a top up of grass. Today, you will find current industrialization standards of dairy farming include non-grazing animals that basically spend their entire lives in concrete pens and milking parlors. Most of them will never see a green field in their entire lives. But I'm not part of that industry, I hear you say, because I buy local and organic milk. Well, congratulations on believing the marketing. You pay more than double for the same product produced in industrialized farms from a local farmer. Not only that, the environmental impacts of buying local and organic and free range are fivefold that of commercial farms. 
the land use alone makes it one of the most ineffective forms of farming. So there you go, the truth behind the dairy industry from the animal's perspective. Now let's touch base on what consuming dairy does to your body and why it's the last thing you want to be putting into it. It's actually amazing that humans consume dairy, considering 78% of the global population is lactose intolerant, leading to a world of pain for most people that consume dairy. Milk is there to turn a 60 pound calf into a 400 pound calf. It's simply not there for to, to be consumed by human beings. Multiple health issues coming from the consuming of dairy products, including one leading Harvard study of 47,871 men that showed a 60% increase in the chances of prostate cancer from consuming dairy products. Dairy also happens to be the largest source of saturated fat consumed by human beings. Cow's milk consumption by infants and toddlers is also linked to type 1 diabetes and to anemia. You don't need to drink cow's milk to get calcium. The best sources of calcium are plant-based whole foods. Tofu, broccoli, kale, breads, cereals, all high in calcium and don't carry the risks that dairy inherently bring with it. You simply don't need dairy to survive. A whole food, plant-based food intake will give you all the vitamins, minerals and nutrients you need to be perfectly healthy. A simple Google search asking the right questions will give you all the information you need to make the right changes. And as always, you must steer away from the sponsored articles from the dairy industry. Always choose factual, independent, peer-reviewed studies to get your information and make your decisions. When we come back, we will discuss the environmental impacts of the dairy industry.
Welcome back. So let's move on to the environmental aspects of the dairy industry. So I guess you're sitting there thinking, well, how can cows eating grass and just producing milk be a problem for the environment? Well, so as a whole, animal agriculture is responsible for 14.8% of greenhouse gas emissions. Dairy in itself is around 1.5%. So the dairy industry is contributing to the warming of the planet. Alongside this, it's destroying other factors of the environment. So for example, the huge amounts of effluent that come from the 270 million cows worldwide go into the streams, rivers, water systems of the world. This causes what we call algal blooms. So the algae blocks out the light this prevents aquatic plants from growing and takes oxygen from the water. This in turn kills fish and insects that live in the water. The algae feeds off of nutrients such as phosphorus and nitrogen, which are found in animal waste and in the fertilizers, fertilizers used. This is causing catastrophic and irreversible damage. The damage is known as ocean dead zones, and ocean dead zones have been doubling every decade since the 1960s. There's over 400 known ocean dead zones today. Cows are the largest contributor to methane emissions globally. Methane is 27 times more harmful to the atmosphere than carbon. And over a 20 year period, is 84 times as warming as CO2. And as we know, as the planet warms, the ice caps start melting. As the ice caps melt and shrink in size, less sunlight is reflected. The less sunlight that's reflected, the warmer the planet gets. And it's just an evil cycle. One recent study found that the 13 largest dairy farms in the world have been found to have the same combined greenhouse gas emissions as the whole of the United Kingdom. Added to this further devastation, the Amazon is currently being cut down at the rate of a football pitch size piece of land every second in order to grow soy to feed to animals and for grazing stock. So well done if you stuck with me to this point. <clears throat> I know that's rather a lot of information to take in and uh, a lot of factors there to consider when trying to think about the right thing to do. So what I'd like to try and get you to take from this is just actually ask yourself why you think you need these products in your life, why you think you need these products as food and have a little look at what the alternatives might be. One super easy consideration that I find as an activist talking to people in the streets that normally helps people out is if you try and put yourself in the position of the animal and try and think to yourself, would I want this done to me? Would I want somebody to come and rescue me if I was in this position? And is this an injustice? You know, is what is what happens to these cows in the dairy industry? You know, is it an injustice? Is it animal abuse? And if it is, and I think it's pretty clear that it is, do we need to stop this and the answer the obvious answer to that is yes we do need to stop this and if we're simply talking about choosing a plant-based milk instead of 
choosing dairy milk is it is it really that big of an ask to get you to change so from my experience the the hardest dairy for people to give up is is cheese it was the hardest one for me and pretty much 80% of people that I speak to regarding dairy it's the cheese that they find hard to give up so I'm gonna give you a bit of information now to help you understand why cheese is so hard for you to give up so cheese contains something called casein casein comes from the morphine family and its full name is casomorphine now the job of casomorphine in milk and cheese is to keep a calf coming back to the mother for sustenance and as you probably gathered from the name casomorphine casein comes from the morphine family which means it's addictive it hits the pleasure center of the brain so when you eat cheese your brain knows that you've got a kick out of that so it makes you go back for more so a relatively simple way to transition from dairy cheese to plant-based cheese is to use the six weeks taste bud reset method so if you introduce a new product into your diet or into your your recipe menu what will start happening is as you transition over from one to the other your brain will start to recognize the new flavor as cheese so instead of you sitting there thinking well I'm not eating my proper cheese I'm eating this new cheese as you transition and you eat less and less of the old cheese and more and more of the new cheese you will just automatically start recognizing that flavor as cheese this is one easy way to transition off of cheese and as you're eating less and less casomorphine the addiction to the cheese will also reduce so just like when I was running a business I always like to find the solutions to problems not just raise the problems and leave them with somebody else to deal with so when we come back I'm going to offer you some solutions and some resources to help you with your transition journey
Okay, so let's crack on with giving you some help and support. Because as I said earlier, it's all well and good explaining all the problems and the pitfalls and the downside to people without actually giving them the help to make the changes necessary. So, let's start with the Viva website. Now, Viva was created in 1994 by Juliet Galately, and for nearly 30 years, they have been a force to be reckoned with in the animal rights arena. With multiple global campaigns running throughout the year, Viva truly have been a force to be reckoned with. Now, Viva are what's called an intersectional animal rights group, so they will discuss animal rights, health, environmental issues and lifestyle in the vein of veganism. So Viva Animals launches dynamic campaigns to expose factory farming. Viva Planet highlights how livestock farming is destroying the planet. Viva Health is there to support people on their journey into veganism. And Viva Lifestyle shows how positive and easy it is to go vegan. All of these resources are completely free of charge. Although you are obviously completely free to make a donation to them should you see fit. Viva's campaigns truly are leading the vegan revolution. Find Viva's website at viva, that's V-I-V-A, dot org, dot UK. And on the homepage, you will find their four intersectional campaigns. Simply click on the link of each to find out more information. You'll also see their multiple investigations they've done into various farms around the country, such as the home farm in Kent and Hogwood, these investigations show where Viva infiltrated these farms, placed hidden cameras and gained the horrendous footage of how the animals are actually treated by the farm workers. Their latest investigation reveals the shocking cruelty found at a Kent dairy farm that supplies fresh ways Costa's milk provider. So simply clicking on the Viva health button for example, you will see multiple blogs including Busting the Protein Myth, Menopause Madness, and various other blogs on various health issues coming from consuming animal products. There's also a free downloadable vegan for your health guide, packed full of recipes and guides to help you on your transition journey. Viva also have a gift shop where you can buy food, clothing, and even sponsor a rescued animal. So get yourself along to viva.org.uk for all that information. So seeing as we are still in January, it would be uh, silly of me not to include Veganuary. So Veganuary again is another non-for-profit or not-for-profit that encourages people worldwide to try vegan for January and beyond. So during the 2022 campaign, more than 620,000 people signed up to Veganuary. And in that same period, over 1,500 new vegan products were launched, showing that there is a clear appetite for people to embrace uh, veganism. So the team at Veganuary don't only work with the general public, they work with companies and corporations to try and introduce plant-based uh, food systems into the businesses and into schools and universities. The team also help activists like Sentience to promote Veganuary and we actually have uh, two events in January where we ourselves go onto the streets and promote Veganuary. 
Signing up to Veganuary in 2023 will get you a free Celebrity E cookbook with inspiring recipes, meal plans and more. What else could you want? Alongside the Celebrity Cookbook for this year, you'll get a one-pot meal plan, free nutritional advice and 31 coaching emails for the entire month. Super easy to sign up. Simply head to veganuary.com. Click the sign up now icon on the home page, fill in some very basic details and everything else is sent through to you in email. Again, it's completely free. What have you got to lose? So there we have it. Hopefully you've found this episode informative and there's something for you to think about and maybe you'll make some changes next time you go food shopping. And please remember, you have the power to end this suffering simply by making the kinder choice. On that plant-based bombshell, I'll leave you with this absolute gem from Talking Heads.
You're listening to Radio Illumini, raising vibrations to help heal nations. Hi there, I'm Rocky, also known as Bender Scum, also known as String. Join me for the Bender Drivel Show every Monday on Radio Illumini, sometime between 9 and 11pm, for an hour of utter drivel, interspersed with great music. Come on, you know you want to. Join me, Darren Cochran, every Friday from 2 to 3 for the One More Mile Show. We'll cover everything from health, running, fitness and have a jolly good laugh. So go to the Radio Illumini website and tune in. Bye!